Hey everybody, it is Chris Aiken from all the shows, and there is no need, none, to listen to commercial radio or satellite radio for music or commentary anymore. If you're a fan of metal, then we've got you covered, no matter what style of metal it is you're looking for. The CMS Radio Network offers four channels featuring all the best heavy metal music, commentary, laughs, and even dirty humor. Get your laughs and commentary daily, minutely, minutely. That's right, I made up a new word. Minutely on the CMS 24-7 channel featuring over 25 years of the best stuff from the Classic Metal Show. Hair Metal, it's alive and well on Hairball John Radio. Do you like the rock and metal of the 90s on forward? As well as shows like the Joe Elliott Show, Eddie Trunk, D. Snyder, and of course the Classic Metal Show, then you need to be tuned in to KRFK Radio. Are you a fan of the more desert slash stoner rock and metal, as well as the greatest thrash ever created? It's alive and well right now on Seismic Sounds Radio. If you're in your car, you're at home, or you're even at work, we've got you covered with the CMS Radio Network. Visit us today at www.cmsradio.net. From the KFD release... One of my favorite tunes there. You fucking suck. <laughs> that is an angry album, man. Killed yeah, it is. That was that was definitely at, um, Blackie's angry period, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, he was trying. He was uh, competing with the rise of Marilyn Manson. Yeah. He clearly didn't win that battle, but but he won the war because Marilyn Manson's now, you know what, locked in his house waiting to go to jail and Blackie's out getting ready to tour still. Exactly. So maybe he did win the war. Just yeah. not the battle. Yeah. He's just like, I wanted out Manson Manson. Well, he definitely did that. And that stage show was still to this day, still burns in my head. Well, I'll be anxious to hear your review of the new stage show. Because, um, you know, Blackie told me it's the biggest stage show they've ever done, even bigger than Headless Children, which was in arenas. So mm-hmm. that should be interesting to hear what he's what he's doing with that with yeah. that stage. Yeah, but all the all the fucking a nun and killing a fetus and <laughs> right <laughs> and all the porn. Uh, he had the he had the TVs all stacked up on each side of the stage. It was while it was playing porn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that that kfd show was just over the top well he, he was trying to he was definitely going for shock <laughs> yeah and then, and then having that pig rise up out of that box and he cut into the pig and it was all bloody and shit and he right. lopped, it, lopped off its head and drank <laughs> its blood and yeah uh, it was just like holy shit I might just say best Blackie tour ever. <laughs> I just remember being at the Odeon and watching that show. And it was just like, holy shit. <laughs> it was like one part wasp, one part Marilyn Manson and a whole lot of guar. It was. And, and that was the, that was the uh, tour that he introduced that motorcycle 
stand thing that he gets up and rides on. Yeah, whatever he calls it, Roger or something. I forget yeah, what he calls whatever it. Whatever it is, yeah, but uh, you know that that whole thing, that spring loaded stand, he gets up on that thing and starts riding around on it. It's right. I saw the whole mechanism uh, because it, the the uh, actual spring mechanism is below the stage and you don't see it, but that that um, platform that this motorcycle handlebar mic stand thing is mounted on it's got these like four big springs on it right in the bottom and then that handlebar thing is mounted on on the uh, platform there and he gets up on top of that thing and he's just like riding <laughs> riding, <laughs> riding around rocking back and forth on that thing weighs like 600 pounds or some shit you know yeah, it's like some crazy it's crazy it's crazy big and heavy and He's had some shows that they had to cancel because the stage floor couldn't handle it. Yeah, because yeah, it was too heavy and they couldn't, uh, or or the ceiling was too low in the club. Yeah, and then he couldn't uh, he couldn't perform with it because <laughs> he'd be too tall, you know, yeah. getting up on top of it and doing his thing. Yeah, because it's tall and he's tall. Yeah, because he's what he's got to be six four six five, right? Yeah, I, I, I'll have to dig out the picture. I mean, he. He towers over me. I'm six foot even. Yeah. And and he's he's about five inches taller than me, at least. Yeah, he's a big boy. That's for yeah, sure. He's, he's a tall guy. So uh yeah. But uh yeah, looking forward to the show. I mean, I, I you know, I, I hear all the stories about oh, you know, Wasp plays all these backing tracks and blah 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? It's it's the show, it's the experience, you know? Yeah. It, it's a it's a theatrical performance. Yeah. I mean, would you rather it sound awful? That's, that's always my argument back to everybody is, would you rather it sound like shit? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather see a good show than a fucking shitty show. I'll, I'll, I'll argue that point all day long. I would rather see a good show. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you'll have fun, dude. That that's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I need to figure out how a way to get in there, but I ain't do I'm not standing on fucking asphalt for fucking six hours or four hours. I'm not doing it. They're going to have to accommodate me. God damn it. <laughs> well, why can't you go just before it go, goes on? I may do that. I, there, that. That is kind of what I'm thinking about doing. I don't know that I'm like you dude and Cleveland's getting to be stupid with parking costs and everything. And oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, dude, for the for the baseball playoffs, and I know it's the baseball playoffs, you know, so it's something, but parking was like eighty dollars. Eighty bucks. Eighty bucks. And I'm like, wow. fuck you. Yeah, I just to park your car? Yeah, just to put your car somewhere. Ugh. I am like, fuck you. And that's Cleveland prices. That's, yeah. Yeah, that was what it was for the during the base like a week ago when the there was the baseball I guess it was baseball and football was on the same day. Okay. But it was still was like some of the places, some of the places where Jacko just put in the chat room, a hundred dollars to park. hundred dollars. Fuck you. I am not paying a hundred dollars. There's no band that I will pay a hundred dollars to park to see. <laughs> I mean, you, you could take an Uber for less than a hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, from my house, from my house, it probably yeah, yeah. about 50. That's what I'm saying. Get dropped off at the door. Yeah. Drink my face off. Get back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, me and my friend Brian talked about going and we looked cause we were going to buy tickets. Like, even though I know, I, I know because, you know, I interviewed Blackie, I'm sure I could, 
I could put one single phone call in and get on the guest list. You know, I, I know that, but I started thinking about the parking and then I was like, well, let's just look and see what these tickets cost, you know, on top of it mm -hmm. to get like seats, three eighteen, dollars $318 a ticket. I was like, yeah, where, 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 where are they playing the fucking Agora? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sloppy kisses. Take the bus. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't even know if there is a bus between here and here. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> Take the bus. Yeah, the bus. What am I living in Harlem, Queens? Harlem yeah. or Queens or somewhere? Jesus, yeah. dude. Take the crosstown bus, Chris. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the number seven, then I'll get on the L. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> like that. No, you know what? I'll stay home. That's what I'll do. I'll stay home and I'll watch Double Live Assassins on fucking YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, yes. can I give a nice big hearty fuck you to YouTube? Well, you fucking suck. You fucking suck. Oh my God. Kill yourself. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, I'm as much as, as much as anybody, I am against the evil empire you know, known as YouTube. I fucking definitely hate them. That being said with, with them, I've continued to give them money because I like one product that they put out, which is YouTube premium mm -hmm. with YouTube premium. I honestly, I got it four years ago or whatever. When Cobra Kai came out because they were at the time they were talking about, they were going to do, like, uh, become like a Netflix. They were going to put out original content and Cobra Kai was the first thing you could only get it if you had YouTube premium. Okay. So I signed up with YouTube premium. Um, and, um, you know, with it, you get YouTube music, which is their Spotify, which I know you've heard me say a million times. So-and-so is on YouTube premium. Sure. They sent out an email this week that says, Thanks for being such a loyal subscriber as a loyal subscriber. We're going to hang on to the current price for another couple of months, but we're raising the price 65 fucking percent, 65%. They went from 1499 a month. I have the family plan from 1495 a month to 2299 a month. Okay. I was like, fuck you. Yeah, even Amazon Prime isn't that expensive. No. I mean, Amazon Prime, let me just tell you, since we're talking about all kinds of bullshit, yeah. before I get to Amazon Prime, a mighty fuck you to YouTube for that. I am immediately canceling and switching back over to Apple Music. Okay. I just have to get my family on board with that. And, you know, basically YouTube gave me the nice argument with everybody else. Of, I got to remake my playlists again. Cause you keep switching products. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. Then pay for it. You know, while I'm paying for it, you can fucking do what I want. You cocksuckers, you know, but anyway, on to Amazon prime, Amazon prime has been for the longest time, kind of like the B Netflix. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It, it hasn't been as good. Like it, it, it's been okay, but it hasn't been as good. Do you, are you, are you talking about original content? I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about original content and just, just the content that they offer in general is stuff that like Netflix would pass on. It's, it's garbage movies from the sci-fi network and it's, you know, okay. the content itself 
has never been as good as Netflix's content, whether it's original content or even for the most part, the movies in general. Okay. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Man, they are stepping up their game. They are looking to become an absolute channel now. So, you know, they got the NFL, right? Yes. So you get the NFL on Thursday and, um, and they've, I, I know you're not watching the NFL, you know, and I, and I don't want to promote the NFL in any fucking way because fuck them. But I will say that Amazon has done a great job at making the, the watching experience much better than any other channel has. They have all these different clicks that you can do with your remote to see different stats and different, you know, different broadcasts and all this different shit. It's, it's pretty fucking intense and cool. You know, if you're a gambler, it's gotta be heaven. Because every gambling stat known to man is a click away with the Amazon. It's fucking really nice for that. But now they've started really banging on um, on original content. And they're putting out some really good original content all of a sudden. And last night, they have, they, they have a, they've signed a five-year deal to do 12, pay, like uh, not pay-per-views, but uh, live events. With uh, O-N-E, which is the like the number three brand of um, MMA. Like okay. you have UFC and then you have Bellator and then you have O-N-E is like the number three brand. And they signed a five-year deal with that. So now all of a sudden they're like, they're like having live sports. They're having better material. Their movies are increasing. They've got freebie, which is like, if you can't afford Amazon, you can get freebie. And they have a bunch of pretty good live your um, original content going on on freebie as well. Mm -hmm. They are making a total push at taking not only Netflix's space, but you know, taking on like Apple TV plus or Paramount plus or one of them as well. They are pushing hard, man. I, I will say I, again, another evil empire taking over, <laughs> but <laughs> I guess one evil empire to the next, but I, I will say the content in the last couple of weeks has been pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Well, speaking of Netflix, I, yeah. I did watch a, I did watch a um, multi-part series okay. called the watcher. Okay. I yeah, Toomey told me about that too, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I watched it. Good. It was, it was pretty good. You know, it, it, it basically was uh, based on a, on a real event, real events. Okay. You know, but it, you know, it's it's just kind of like a uh, kind of like a weird um, what's the word uh, j j just one of these evil neighborhoods where somebody you know people from the outside move into a neighborhood and there's something weird going on among the neighbors and they've got some kind of a cultish thing going on and it's you know all underground and yeah. uh, they get you know they get caught up in it. And basically it's a, it's a family that, that moves from out of New York city into this, uh, New Jersey suburb. Right. And they buy this old house that has history and stuff. And, and they basically are being, um, for lack of a better term, uh, tried to be scared to move out of the house and sell it, you know, cause, right. cause there's some weird shit going on in the neighborhood and stuff. And, it becomes an obsession for the, for the husband to where he wants that they, they keep receiving these letters in the mail and they right. don't know who they're coming from. And it's like all these creepy things that somebody's watching them all the time. And 
they know their kids' names and they know where they go and what they do and all the other stuff, you know, it's just a, it's, it's good. I mean, it's not the greatest one in the world, but it's, it's not bad. I, yeah, I okay. binged watch it. I think there's six, six or seven parts to it. And each mm-hmm. part is like about 40 minutes long. Okay. So it's called the watcher. I'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Considering my, my Netflix button is collecting dust on, on all of my devices. I never <laughs> go to Netflix anymore. Yeah. Dude, it's so weird. Netflix used to be the the number one. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Knowing you, you don't arrange your icons on your, on your device. They're just wherever they are. Yeah, It's just, you know, I just click on them and watch them. I don't, I don't have them in any kind of order. I have mine, of course, incomplete as disorganized as I am about everything else in my life. My computers and my TV is very well organized and, (laughs) and, and literally I have all my icons organized by, you know, how much I watch them. And Netflix is Netflix has slidden down past like a lot of the free stuff now. Yeah. Netflix is down in the um in the freebie and the you know crackle area. You know, it's it's way low on the list yeah. now. I, I just don't watch it very much anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I do, you know, other than the docs, and, and even the docs fall into this category, there's like a feel to a Netflix show. Whatever it is on Netflix, it feels like it's like the same kind of production or the same kind of video, you know, and, and plus a lot of it is just series based. Now it's like, you know, I love all these, these serial killer things that they do on Netflix, but they're all done by the same company. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, well, here's the, here's the, um, Gacy tapes and I'll watch that. And it's really kind of interesting to see, you know, all these interviews with John Wayne Gacy, but then next comes the Ted Bundy tapes. Right. And it's the exact same formatting and the exact same everything. It's just different, a different voice saying, and then I cut her head off, you know, <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, but, but it's basically, it feels the, it feels the exact same. It, so, it follows the same format. Yeah, it does. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just find a lot of better stuff on a lot of, I'm telling you, man, it's going to get to a point because it's, it's getting oversaturated now. It really is with all these pay services but the free services are where it's at really these days. If you can tolerate the commercials, which right now it's getting tough to do with all these, Hey, I'm so-and-so Fetterman from Pennsylvania and I'm a retard, but vote for me. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, it's just every other commercial is this guy advocated to rape children in school buses. Don't right. vote for him. Right. You know, it's like every commercial is just shock and awe on election shit. And that's very annoying, but if you can deal with that, man, the, the free services have better TV than the, the network services have had maybe ever, maybe ever, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how, how much better, how much more TV we have than ever before. Yeah. Well, since we are talking about costs and expenses and the evil empires and stuff, here's another evil empire Ticketmaster. Oh yeah. Uh, Matt Barth sent this one in, um, blink One Hundred and Eighty Two tickets are so expensive because tick Ticketmaster is a disastrous monopoly. And now everyone pays ticket broker prices or why are, why you're not ever getting an inexpensive ticket to a popular concert ever again. 
Yeah, I have. Boy, ain't that the truth? Uh, Blink 182 fans are furious at Ticketmaster, the band, and society in general over the astronomical ticket prices on the band's reunion tour. Billboard has cited ticket prices as high as $600 in some cities. This is unfortunate. Uh, unfortunately, the logical outcome of the entertainment monopoly Ticketmaster has built in since it merged with Live Nation, creating a live events behemoth in which huge portions of ticketing venues and the artists themselves are owned or they're controlled by a single company. It is arguably also the case that in trying to fight ticket brokers called scalpers by many ticket master has done something that is very lucrative for itself and for artists, but also worse for the average fan. It has simply jacked up the ticket prices for certain high profile events to a level where all tickets are more or less priced at a maximum level that the secondary market would never bear more on this in a minute. Okay. To understand how we got here, it's useful to go back to 2009 when Bruce Springsteen wrote an open letter apologizing to the fans for the experience that they had trying to buy his tickets on Ticketmaster. At the time, his tickets had gone on sale, sold out almost instantly, and Ticketmaster began automatically redirecting fans to a ticket resale site called Tickets Now, which Ticketmaster also owned. Fans were confused, thinking they were still buying face value tickets from Ticketmaster. Only now the prices for the best tickets with a face value that maxed out at $98 in New Jersey, for example, were selling for hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. In the blistering letter, Springsteen said the redirecting fans to ticket resellers was an abuse of our fans and our trust in Ticketmaster, which he made, which has made us furious as it made many of you. We will continue to do our utmost now and in the future to make sure that these practices are permanently curtailed on our tours. The one thing that would make the current ticket situation even worse for the fan that it is now would be that it's now would be Ticketmaster and Live Nation coming up with a single system, thereby returning us to a near monopoly situation and music ticketing. Soon after the fiasco, Ticketmaster and Live Nation did merge and become a single company. 13 years later, the current ticket situation is indeed even worse. I definitely agree with that. In 2009, Springsteen was mad at the Ticketmaster was redirecting customers to ticket resellers. Now with Springsteen's cooperation, Ticketmaster has to a large extent cut out ticket resellers by simply using a dynamic pricing algorithm to increase prices for everyone to such astronomical levels that ticket reselling is largely not worth the risk and the price of going to a popular show is so high that many people are simply priced out. Yeah, dude, you're not reading anything. I'm not, I'm disagreeing with that is all a hundred percent true. The way that dynamic pricing works is that for many seats in a venue, there is no longer really a face value price for a ticket and that prices for many events are now as high as people are willing to pay as determined by an algorithm. This has been likened to the urban Uber's surge pricing, which fluctuates based on demand and a raft of other unclear metrics. Here's how Ticketmaster opaquely explains it. In some instances, events on our platform may have tickets that are market price. So ticket and free and fee prices may adjust over time based on demand. 
This is similar to how airline tickets and hotel rooms are sold and is commonly referred to as dynamic pricing. Ticketmaster has not explained in detail how it determines the market price for any given show, but for many events, the Live Nation Ticketmaster conglomerate controls the ticket process, owns or operates the venues, and represents the artists, which often means that it is advertising them on ticket prices and venue choice. Live Nation artists, for example, rarely play non-Live Nation venues. Right. We can safely infer that ticket prices are calculated by some priority mix of bands, historical ticket sale performance in a specific venue and nationwide historic secondary market performance, uh, ticket sales performance of similar artists, number of shows in a given market performance during the pre-sale, et cetera, and then can be adjusted on the fly during the on sale based, let's see, an on sale based on the velocity of the ticket researches and the sell-through rates. All our, let's see, all of this is the data that Ticketmaster and Live Nation owns or can reasonably monitor given its position as a music industry behemoth and a monopoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what this is? This is this is the result of Google Ads. Yeah, of course. They, they are they literally built their system based on the same thing as Google Ads is here do a search. Now whoever whoever says that they'll pay the most for it that's what the cost is yeah, exactly. <laughs> they get the click exactly mm, mm, mm. uh here's what uh, blink 182's uh, mark hoppus had to say about the situation after fans reportedly wildly reported wildly varying ticket prices many of which were hundreds of dollars i understand that the ticketing can be frustrated i bought tickets for two of our shows myself just to see what the experience was like hoppus said I had tickets yanked from my cart and the whole thing crashed down. Dynamic pricing. I'm not sure. I'm not in charge of it. It's meant to discourage scalpers. We're trying to bring you the best possible show for the best price. This is a tour celebrating new music and the band getting back together. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And I hope to see you all out at the shows. Yeah. In other words, you're fucked. Pay it and shut up. Yeah, I, I don't have any choice. I, I work for Live Nation. We penned a deal, mm -hmm. and uh, you're going to have to just eat it. Yeah. You want to see us? It's $800 or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and look at the price. Somebody put this on. Uh, Henry Lee Summer put this in the chat room. There's Springsteen. Standing mm -hmm. room only tickets. Yeah. $2,100 each plus fees. What do you think the fees are on that? $600? Yeah, that's a $5,000 night. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm with the whoever wrote this article. I'm done. I'm I will never pay. I I will not pay other than the Pantera tour. And and to be honest, if the Pantera tour is like this, I won't be going to that either. But five hundred dollars, my absolute max. It's got to be. It's got to be the Pantera tour. It's got to be Led Zeppelin reunion. That's about it. Mm -hmm. You know anything else? If it's more than a hundred, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not willing to spend more than a hundred for anything anymore. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's one of the reasons I haven't gone to many shows over the years. No. It's, just, it's just a hassle. It, it's a pain in the ass. It's too expensive. And to be honest, the value is not there. I'm, I'm just being as much as I love seeing bands. I'm not getting, I'm not getting 
how do you get $2,200 of value out of a Springsteen show? Yeah, really? You know, that better come with a whore blowing me the whole night. <laughs> and even then, I don't know that it's worth $2,200. Mm. I mean, th think about it, dude. You could literally get, you could probably buy a, a mid, a mid good whore for three nights for $2,500. Sure. You know, or you could go see Springsteen for two and a half hours singing, um, born to run, telling his terrible tale about Youngstown. <laughs> fuck out of here with this shit. The ghost of Tom Jode. Yeah. Just, just stop. Just stop. Just, it's ridiculous. Mm, crazy. The Blink 182 tour, it should be noted, is produced by Live Nation. According to the Live Nation press release announcing the tour in the U.S., they are playing almost exclusively Live Nation venues in Blink 182's hometown of San Diego. They are playing at the Pachanga Arena, a venue that is uh, operated by AXS, which is a different company. The tickets for all shows uh, beside the San Diego one are being handled by Ticketmaster. The press release announcing the tour does not list any prices. The question then is whether dynamic pricing is actually better for fans and whether it is actually a good thing for fans to get rid of ticket brokers, regardless of how you feel about them. Well, if, if you're going to end up paying a shit ton of money through Ticketmaster because yeah. of dynamic pricing, why do you care if it goes to a ticket broker? Or yeah. Here's here's the secret ticket master. We don't give a fly. Honestly, why do you care if it comes through a scalper or not? Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck. Again, ticket prices are kind of like everything else. Do you really give a fuck who makes the money? No, I you, don't. You just want to go to the show. Yeah, I just want to be at the show. I don't care who's selling the tickets. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I'd rather buy it. To, if if it's going to cost me that much money to see a to see a band play, I would rather the band sell it on Eventbrite themselves. And I would rather pay them where I at least know that where I at least know that the money I'm investing goes to the person that I want to invest in. You know, I would rather, I would almost rather see Judas priest rent out the Wolstein center and then sell their tickets for $200 a piece on judaspriest.com mm -hmm. because then at least I know that the bulk of the money is going to the place it's supposed to go. Right. You know, I'm not, Believe me, I'm not investing money so that I can pay the wait staff at the Wolstein Center. I couldn't give two fucks about those people. I couldn't give a flying fuck about the guy in the orange jumpsuit with the fucking flashlight waving me into the parking lot. You know, I don't want to pay for that. I don't care about that. What I care about is seeing Judas Priest. So I'd rather pay Judas Priest. Right. This is ridiculous, man. Mm -hmm. I know it is different now because in 2009, while I was in college, I bought and sold tickets for the Bruce Springsteen tour that pissed everyone off, as well as Blink-182's tour at the time. I didn't use bots or do anything special. I simply logged on when the tickets went on sale, typed in a CAPTCHA, and tried to get tickets with everyone else. When I got them, I bought them with a credit card, listed them on Tickets Now, and StubHub at a price that seemed to be the market rate for the concert based on other secondary market listings and waited for them to sell on some shows. I made a lot of money and in the order of a few hundred dollars per ticket or on others, I speculated on tickets I shouldn't have and had to lower the price 
below what I had paid and took a partial loss. On some shows, I wasn't even able to give the tickets away and took a full loss. On the whole, I was not a very good ticket broker and stopped doing it after a year or two, just having lost several thousand dollars overall. Yeah. Here's how things worked for Blink-182's 2009 tour, according to promotional emails I still have in my inbox and my experience of attempting this thousands of times for dozens of bands in dozens of cities. Show is announced along with the standardized prices for each venue at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, now the Irvine Meadows Amphitheater in Orange County. Uh, California ticket prices range between $20 for the lawn tickets, which had no fees whatsoever, and $63 for general admission pit tickets in front of the stage. Various pre-sales uh, were announced for fans of the band, certain credit card holders, etc. General on-sale... General on sale happens. Generally, tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. local time. To get tickets, you refresh the page at exactly 10 a.m. using the website time.gov, which Ticketmaster was seemingly synced to. Select how many tickets you want and what section, clicking best available or searching for odd numbers of tickets, one or three, which are less searched for seemingly they give, that gave the best results and click search. You entered a CAPTCHA to prove you weren't a bot. Some of the brokers did have bots that circumvented CAPTCHAs, however, and click proceed. You then waited, and hopefully Ticketmaster added tickets to your cart, and then you had a few minutes to check out. Show sells out for a popular band. This can happen in seconds or minutes, depending on the venue in the city. Tickets are listed by brokers on StubHub and other secondary market websites. These individual brokers are uh, these individual brokers, as well as the free market, basically determined the price of what the ticket was worth to people who missed out on the initial uh, on sale. This was not a perfect system. There were issues with the bots. Ticketmaster began be, being overwhelmed with traffic and breaking uh, during on sale for the highest profile events and brokers ultimately charging a ton of money of for bands who were shut out during the original on sale. People have been mad at Ticketmaster and the ticket buying process for a long time, and a lot of those concerns are valid. Lots of people would be mad at uh, that the tickets were going to brokers and not true fans, for example. Yeah. We, we talked about that before. Mm -hmm. The other major issue with the system was that the bands were systematically pricing their ticket at prices that were objectively too low given that people were being able to take their ticket and then sell them at a higher price elsewhere. The profits from the tickets on the secondary market went to the random ticket broker who had nothing to do with making music or performing and producing a tour and didn't do anything other than take a risk by fronting some money to speculate on ticket prices. All right. So, stop uh, there. Stop uh, there. Why do you care? It's none of your fucking business. It's the same as if I buy a TV for $200 because it's on sale and sell it on eBay for 400. Right. It's not any of your fucking business. Yeah, you well, had a price. I paid the price. That's it. That's the end of your involvement. Yeah. Who cares what their background is or whether they're involved with the business or who yeah. cares? That's not, care? that has nothing to do with you. Ticketmaster. Nothing. Yeah. In theory, this meant less money for bands, less money for people who work on. No, 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 it did not. Oh, it it did not. Because, because you paid the price that Ticketmaster asked for. 
you paid the price that was agreed upon between you, the band and the, and your venue mm-hmm. to sell that show. You didn't give the band didn't get less money. The band got yeah, what they it, were due to them. If, if, the, if a guy who bought the ticket actually attended the show, does that mean he was shorting everybody else money because he bought that ticket mm-hmm. at the price that was, you know, listed at and went to the show. That but is, if he, but if he turned around and resold it, somehow the band loses money. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. That's like saying, well, I bought, I bought the new Dokken album in the store for $15.99, but I sold it for 10 bucks. Well, Dokken should have got some of that extra 10 bucks. No, they shouldn't have. They were paid yeah, what, they, I, they, what, I, what I was supposed to pay them. Yeah. Who cares what, what yeah. you do with the ticket or the product after yeah. you get it? Yeah. How come, how come Ticketmaster's not fucking saying, well, I didn't go, you didn't go to that show. So here's your money back. Yeah. Cause I didn't get my, my value. If I didn't go, you know, why aren't you giving me my money back? Oh, because well, that's something to be something different. Fuck well, you. Well, where, where, does that, where does that logic come from? It's the dumbest logic ever. Stop oh, yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, okay. I went to Ticketmaster. The tickets were 98 bucks. I bought, mm-hmm. I bought a pair and I scalped them you know, on the secondary market for 125, I made 50 bucks a piece or, you know, 50 yeah. bucks total. So mm-hmm. why do you care what I made? Yeah. It's none of your fucking business. Yeah. People didn't make less money or didn't get paid or made the band didn't make less money because I've made a couple bucks off of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's ridiculous logic yeah, there. That's a stupid argument. It is. The profits from the tickets on the secondary market went to random ticket brokers who have nothing to do. I read that. Uh, um, in theory, this meant less money for bands, less money for people who work on the tours at the venues, and very crucially, less money for Ticketmaster itself. How is it less money for Ticketmaster? It's not. It, well, it's less money than they're getting now because someone else is selling it and selling it for a ridiculous price instead of them. Right. <laughs> Now they're, now they're the scalper. That's, that's really what this is. Now they're the scalper. Yeah, I know. I get that. In practice, there has been no real reporting done on whether dynamic pricing has led to roadies or bartenders or security cards getting more money. Uh, though bands almost certainly do. This is compounded by the fact that the pandemic has threatened these people's livelihoods for years. Ticketmaster, which is solving the reseller problem, both by making it unprofitable to do so, as well as letting people resell tickets on Ticketmaster itself, is also almost certainly making more money from the system than the old one, which is where it is underpriced tickets. Let's see, where it's underpriced tickets were then being sold on StubHub, which charged its own fees. Mm hmm. Dude, it's the, if you really like a band now, it is an investment to see them now. Yeah, it's, it is. You know, I, I have, I have friends. I have one specific friend and I won't say this person's name because they will get in trouble with their wife for the amount of spending that they do, <laughs> but they have paid in upwards of five times face value for shows. Okay. Because they want to see the band. Right. And it's, um, you know, and it's, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous to pay that at some point. The only way this stops is if people stop funding this shit. I agree. That's the only way this stops. The only, 
the only possible way is that Guns N' Roses shows up to 3,000 people at a fucking stadium. Or Motley Crue shows up, you know, to the to the, the Motley Def Leppard tour, and there's 4,000 people in a 60,000 stadium, you know, event. Mm-hmm. That's the only way this stops. It's not going to stop because we can bitch and moan and holler and yell about it all we want, but that Springsteen tour sold out. The, the 2023 one that has the crazy, crazy pricing, every every event, every single date is, is pretty much close to sold out, if not sold out. They've more than made their money raping the fans. Yeah. And, fans. and, the, fans, and the fans are gladly bending over, pulling their ass cheeks open and just taking that fucking dick. Apparently so. They are. Mm-hmm. The major benefit of the old system before dynamic pricing and the reason why it is likely feels that buying tickets now is worse than ever is that some percentage of the tickets, often a large number of them, were going to fans at prices that were below market value, by which I mean the price that the tickets by which I mean the price that the tickets were for worth on this okay, worth on the site like StubHub. Okay. So because you're paying less than StubHub prices, they, they were below market value. That's what they're saying. But again, they were still allegedly purchased. Yeah, they were purchased. Fans who did not have hundreds of dollars lying around to buy tickets at market price still had a chance to buy tickets at affordable rates. And many of them did so and were happy about it. In this system, the people who failed to get tickets were unhappy, and they were unhappy that they often had to pay high prices on StubHub. The problem with the system used by Ticketmaster today, for fans at least, is that now everyone pays high prices, not just the people who weren't able to get tickets from Ticketmaster, and no one is happy about that. Yeah. This is such a scam. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, you, you know what the you know what the worst part about this is? It's a convoluted scam, so nobody's ever gonna unwind unwind it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is if somewhere somehow, and I'm sure the lawyers of this all worked out, but if somewhere somehow can can prove the monopoly of uh, Ticketmaster slash Live Nation uh, uh, conglomerate. Mm-hmm. They, they may have to break that up, but I, I don't know if that would ever happen. Yeah. You know how long that's going to take too? Yeah. I mean, that's the real problem is that is going to take forever to untangle that. You know, I, I mean, you're talking, you're talking a decade before they can really get to that. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Excuse you know, me. who knows? Of course, ticket brokers do still exist and people do still resell tickets. The knockoff effect of a mechanism of pricing that the break even point for resellers is now so high that the only reason to expect expect prices to get lower at any point in the process is because speculators may have grossly miscalculated demand for a specific show and may have to eventually sell at a loss. Again, it's important to remember that Ticketmaster Live Nation is controlling every aspect of the situation as making money from every single part of it. They represent the band, plan the tour, own and operate the venue, sell the tickets, and allow others to resell the tickets on their site for free. This vertical integration gives Ticketmaster unprecedented control over concerts in the United States 
and is the reason why groups like American Economic Liberties Project have asked the Justice Department to break up the company. Just what yeah. I just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't read through this before, so I just thought about that. And uh, in 2009, when the Senate was scrutinizing the Ticketmaster Live Nation merger, Consumers Rights Group predicted that that was what was going to happen. Yeah, but not before they've put another couple of billion in the bank raping fans. Yep. By combining a ticket monopolist with a dominant firm in the marquee concert promotion, that merged firm will be uh, able to foreclose competition in both markets, leading to less choice and higher prices. David Balto, then a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress Action Fund, testified uh, at the time, this merger of dominant firms raises serious competitive concerns and could potentially lead to significantly higher prices for the hundreds of thousands of consumers who purchase tickets every day. How? Wait a minute, how? How could them breaking this up lead to more expenses? No, no, no. He said he said he spoke up at the time oh, of the merger oh, okay. to say if you, you let All these right. guys merge, this is what's going to happen. I thought you were saying that the breakup. No, I no, thought no, you no. Were, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so I was going to say, God damn. No. <laughs> How much higher can these tickets go, man? You'd be taking a mortgage to go to a fucking Metallica show. Hail and kill. It's Matt in Cincinnati. Hey, Matt in Cincinnati. You guys are absolutely right. The only way it's going to stop is just fans stop buying. And the thing is, you just said this whole merger started 2009. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah, 13 13 years. They're never going to break this up. It's just going to, it's the way it is. It's going to be that way forever. And people are just going to get raped by Live Nation like they have been. That There was um, news this week that Kroger and Albertsons are merging. Um, and I, you know, and people were crying out, oh, that's a monopoly, that's a conglomerate, blah, blah, blah. And, I'm, and I thought to myself, well, that's what Ticketmaster and Live Nation is. What's the difference? You know, there isn't. But, Neely, I don't know if you noticed, uh, your boy John Cougar announced a big, tour yeah I, I, ago. yeah i looked at the uh i looked at the tickets and you know i got the i got the um uh notice that you know melon camp tickets go on sale and i looked at them and i go as much as i like melon camp i passed how much were they how much were they well yeah. uh, well, well the thing is is that every time you get on those sites they just keep changing the number just keeps changing you know and at the time when i looked at the ticket you know, when I, when I logged on just to see what the, what was going to be available on the pre-sale thing, they mm-hmm. were like, they were like about 135 a piece. And I was just like, yeah, what would you, what would you pay? I, you know, I, 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 I'd pay 80 bucks, maybe <laughs> 80, 80 to 90 yeah. bucks at the most. Yeah. It's not worth it, man. And, and. You know, another another crazy thing is, I don't think they mentioned it in the article, was say you bought a ticket to Metallica and all of a sudden you can't go. And you just list a ticket for face value just to try to get your money back. Say you list it for the 100 bucks or whatever, just try to get your money back. I don't think it says in the article that whoever buys that ticket also gets charged the Ticketmaster fee on top of the 100 bucks. Oh, really? so you, you can list it on Ticketmaster for free, but they'll charge you the service charge if you buy it. 
No, they charge the they oh, charge right. buy they charge the buyer. So so wait a minute. So let's say a ticket was a hundred bucks, it was thirty dollars in service, and then you sell it for a hundred bucks. The other guy that's buying the ticket gets charged thirty more dollars. Yeah, so they made their yep. service charge twice. Wow, <laughs> what a so, bunch of dicks. So the article is complete horseshit because they're saying the bands aren't seeing anything of the second the second time it's sold. The only person, the only people that are seeing anything is Live Nation, and they're fucking two people. Yeah. Wow. Right. No, you're right. Insanity, man. I'm with you, Chris. I'm done going to the shows. I, um, Priest plays Cincinnati on Monday, um, this coming Monday. Tickets weren't bad. They're 89 bucks, but I looked at it and it's, it was like a $29 service charge. It's like a quarter of what the ticket price is. It's just insane to, to, to get a digital ticket. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely done. I don't care if I ever see another show. I've seen them all. I've seen them at reasonable prices. And to be honest, they're the bands that I want to see. They're not as good as when I saw them. So I'm, I'm pretty content. Right. Right. Or a younger band, you know, uh, this, this week, the sword said they broke up. Yeah. One, of the, one of the younger bands I loved. Mm-hmm. I went to see them at Bogarts, 15 bucks. It was great. And now a band like that can't even survive these days because they're not making any money doing what they mm-hmm. do, drawing three, 400 people. Yeah. And, no and they, they probably went broke when they toured with Metallica. Cause I'm sure they bought onto that. I'm sure they weren't just Metallica loved them and had them on, you know, I'm sure they bought onto that tour. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Hail them. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Hail and pal. Hand job. <laughs> Hail and <Hail> pal. <laughs> um, I've written about tickets off and on over the last 10 years and experts in it, in the industry have always told me that the ticket issue is a simple one of supply and demand. Supply tickets are inherently limited by the size of the venues, as well as the number of shows a band is willing to play in any given city. Ticket uh, brokering exists. Uh, and was profitable for many people for many years because for some concerts, there were more people who want tickets than there were tickets available. When this happens, prices go up on the secondary market. The inverse is also true. There are many shows for which more tickets are sold or are available than people who actually want to go to the show. When this happens, tickets can often be bought for less on the secondary market than they went on sale for in the first place. This is a reality that Ticketmaster has outlined as well. The promoters and artists' representatives determine the specific pricing for their shows. Ticketmaster told USA Today about a recent Springsteen dynamic pricing fiasco. The biggest factor that drives pricing is supply and demand. When there are far more people who want to attend an event than there are tickets available, the the prices will go up. Country superstar Garth Brooks, who has called out dynamic pricing as well as a, as suggested that the secondary market should be illegal, has more or less solved the problem for his fans with one simple trick. He adds shows until they no longer sell out. In recent years on single tours, Brooks has done the following. He played nine concerts in a row in Edmonton, Canada. He played a dozen shows in Chicago. He played six in Kansas, nine in Tulsa, and eight in Denver. 
by flooding the market with tickets by playing an absurd number of shows in various cities, he found a way to more or less meet the demand. Not every artist is able, willing, or has enough clout to do this. In that last week, Blink-182 has added a few shows, a second one in San Diego, a second one in Los Angeles, for example. There's There are open dates on their tour schedule and more are sure to come. But these two have dynamic pricing. And so it's no longer really hard to get a Blink-182 ticket in Los Angeles, for example. The question is whether you're willing to pay $250 uh, for the ticket. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that that guy makes a great point about Garth. I, I look, I agree that Garth Brooks, you know, he he has found a way, and <laughs> but he's Garth Brooks in his world. He's the biggest artist in the world, the biggest, maybe the biggest artist of all time. Mm-hmm. So of course he can do that. But what is um, what is you know, small town guy on the way up supposed to do? just fuck his fans until he gets to the, to that clout level. And the other thing that's surprising to me about that is what if Ticketmaster just says, no, what if Ticketmaster tells Garth Brooks, we're not going to let you do 10 shows in our venue in Edmonton. What if Ticketmaster says, we'll let you do two. Then what? Is he going to go play the local bar 43 times in a row so that he can get away from that? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he's yeah. Technically, he's doing doing some justice, but in the end, he's still obeying what ticket to to Ticketmaster Garth Brooks. If if Garth Brooks wants to play 20 shows in some city, they're probably on board with that because they don't have to pay any of the freight of getting the show from this town to that town. That's that's true as well. You know, so I'm sure they're fine with hey, do 10 shows. They're going to, they're, they're going to keep fucking people on the price. It's not like the ticket price itself is going down. It's just that the secondary is going down. The secondary ripoff price is going down, but the, the, the ticket. Pri- so I I'm just trying to do this. So if Garth Brooks plays 10 shows in Edmonton, figure it's 20,000 people a venue, it's 200,000 tickets. So if it's 200,000 tickets, I'm sure they're not saying, well, we sold 200,000. We sold the first 100,000 at $100 a ticket, but there's still so many left that we're going to lower the price to $50 a ticket, right? Right. They're going to keep it at a $100 ticket, probably much more than that for Garth Brooks. But you see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a true supply and demand because they're still going to keep fucking the fans out of the overbloated ticket price that is the baseline price. They're just not going to be able to fuck them on the secondary market price. It's all a fucking scam. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole attitude of, you know, if you, if you buy a ticket from a quote unquote, a secondary market, a scalper as you would, Mm -hmm. who cares what money that they made? Who cares? They, the, 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 the initial price was paid to get the ticket. Yeah. So who cares what you do with it from that, from there on? Dude, I saw Springsteen on Born in the USA tour at the Cleveland Stadium, old Cleveland Stadium. Me and my mom went down there. We bought tickets from a scalper, $5, mm-hmm. five bucks. Yeah. Dave show. We missed the first song. We literally missed Born in the USA. I think was the first song. It's all we missed, but we bought it for $5. Now Ticketmaster didn't lose any money on it because they sold those tickets to that scalper. 
you know, they sold those tickets. So whatever yeah. the face value was to those tickets, they made their money. Yeah. Whether they, even if you didn't go to the show, they still made their money. Yeah. There could be two empty seats in the venue. Yeah. And they still somebody made their cash. Somebody made the, they made their money on selling those two seats. Yeah. And by us going, instead of those tickets being empty, then they made a, you know, money for a, probably a hot dog and, you know, a Coke or drink or whatever the fuck, you know, they made their money with the concession too. So they didn't lose any money. Shut up. These oh, I hate for, just Ticketmaster, <laughs> Dude. It's so sad that this industry that we love so much has just been literally destroyed. It's destroyed. It, it's just garbage now. I agree. Every, every aspect of the music business blows now. You know, I was watching, what was I watching? Watching something and an Applebee's commercial comes on with, you shook me all night long playing. Mm-hmm. And then it was followed by some other commercial of with Ario Speedwagon. I can't fight this feeling. And I was like, is this what our fucking music that we love has been reduced to? Appetizers at Applebee's and toilet paper? You know, it's like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Yep. Industry is just done. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have for this sec- segment. Oh, that's enough. My stomach hurts now. Yeah. That's a lot of hurt. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to, we're going to come back, uh, and, and do the, um, the fan sponsored portion of the all show, right. which I think, I think you're going to enjoy. All right. Good. Cause we got some, uh, naked chick talk. I like naked chicks. <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about your, what your current favorite naked chick. Oh, not sure so, which one that is, but I look forward to finding out. So we'll talk about that. Was it Casey Parker? <laughs> no, she's a porn star. If anybody wants to look her up on X videos or porn hub, Casey Parker, she's mm-hmm. a good girl. All right. All right. I'll let you pick a tune and take us out of the segment. All righty then. Let's go with, um, how about if we go with, um, I see people talking about armored saint and I know you're going to see armored saint. So how about, um, after me, the flood from revelation. Okay. can do that. Let's see here. Go with what we haven't played. I don't think ever. So, uh, what is it you want to hear now? After me, the flood from okay. the revelation record. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. You know, I was listening to La Raza not long ago. That That's a good record. Left hook from right field. Exactly. Yep. Good stuff. All right. I, I got her pulled up here. So uh, right, cool. we'll, we'll play a few tunes and we'll come back and do the um, sponsored segment of the show. Cool. Cool. All right, well, here's Armored Saint exclusively here on your classic metal show. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out the Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja!